Hey, Work Positive Nation, think about your favorite band for just a minute. Now, they could be rock or hip-hop, country, jazz, the genre really doesn't matter. Can you name the bass player? What's that? You can't? And yet, if you remove the bass line from that music, the whole song would fall apart, right? The bass is the strong foundation that holds the song together. A guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast plays bass. That's right. He's a professional musician. This dude is amazing. Plus, he sees your company culture as the bass. Foundation of your work. Culture. Hold your work together just like the bass line in a song. And he's here to talk about seven bass culture principles that you can play starting today. So get ready to move your feet, shake your groove thing, and work positive. Was that too old school groove thing? Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Work Positive Nation, help me welcome to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast, the man, the myth, the musician. <laughs> Gerald J. Leonard is in the house, Work Positive Nation. Gerald, I am so ecstatic about having you on this episode, man. Thanks for being well, on. Dr. Joey, I'm really happy to be here, and it's great talking with you here. Oh, it is great talking with you. There is a guitar in that closet, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I see you got a few in yours, but I'm not bringing mine out, but you're welcome to play yours during this podcast. Because <laughs> you played with some, some really awesome musicians, so you must be awesome yourself. I've been playing for a long time. I, I did my bachelor's and master's in it and played in New York, and I got into IT because at a time I did some ministry work for about six years after I did my bachelor's and master's and studied a year at Juilliard. And after six years, I got married and had a couple of kids. And I wanted—I didn't really want to go on the road all the time. And yeah. so I decided to stay in New York area and play. And to supplement the income, I got into IT. And that really took off. Mm. And I found myself doing both. And I fell in love with doing both. And so I would play a lot of different shows in the city and at church and other things, mm -hmm. benevolent and uh, different organizations and, and so on. But I would also do all the consulting. And I started seeing a parallel between music and music organizations and business. Mm -hmm. And so that's where over years of doing that, where a lot of these ideas have come from, where I've you know written the first book, Culture is the Base, and on how that all ties in together with music and culture. And so all of my books have a musical theme, but they are, they're business books. They have a lot of neuroscience in them and really teach people the principles. But it's insight that I've gained from living in that world for over 25 plus years and having my feet in both worlds. Yeah. And you're humble about it too, because work positive nation, you notice he just flipped out there and I studied at Juilliard for a year. <laughs> Everybody does that, right? <laughs> I appreciate your humility. That. So, so let's make some connections here because as you said, your book is culture is the base and we're all about culture and how to create a positive work culture. Let's talk yeah. about how this love of music for you combined with culture 
and I've got this theory. Can I share it with oh, you? Sure. All Please right. Do. And, and that is that the bass player in any given band is overlooked. Right. Okay. Because the, the lead guitarist, the vocalist, people like that, they're the front men. But the bass player, he's in the back or she and is just not as seen Down the the groove. Other, yeah, as some of the other players in, in, in the group. However, if you remove the bass line out of go. that song, <laughs> the whole thing, the whole song collapses because the bass is that foundation. So I'm thinking culture in a company is like that foundation. So how you close got am it. I, Gerald? You, that, that is exactly the idea. Because if you think about it, think about some of your favorite songs, whatever that might be, even whether it's classical or rock or funk or pop or whatever it is, a Christian Motown. Time. Think <laughs> about some of your favorite songs. The first thing you normally hear is the bass and the drums. And it sets the tone. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you hear the bass and the drums, whether that's a... Motown song, a gospel song, a rock song, a classical, exactly what genre, who that song is for, because why? It's that 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 combination of bass and drums creates that culture, and really that bass that's playing creates the culture of where that song is going. And what I realized is that culture is much more of a emotional vibe or mm. feel. Because if you go into an organization, oh, I love this organization. What is it about it? It's they do this, they do that. But there's a certain emotion or feeling Mm. or groove or vibe that's been brought on. And so culture is the base is actually, that's the whole principle behind the book. Now, the other thing that I did with that book was I did a lot of research and just because of how I think and being really curious and also wanting to make sure that the the material that I research is well-founded, I always go to peer-reviewed content. In other words, like the National Institute of Health or Harvard um, um, Business Review or Business Cases or Wharton School or MIT, anywhere, I know that the research has been looked at by more than one expert. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty valid, right? Uh, when you look, when you have research that way. And what I did is I found that there were, I came up with a list of attributes and there were seven that kept standing out to me. Mm-hmm. And those became the seven principles that I teach in this book on culture is the bass and i also wrote it during the time where the book that the song all about that bass that was popular (laughs) (laughs) that didn't hurt a bit did it (laughs) i i remember that song believe it or not i i won't sing it so relax work positive (laughs) (laughs) so let's work through these seven principles gerald and by the way, work presentation, while we're doing that, if you are where you can open up your phone or something and go to GeraldJLeonard.com, you'll find some amazing information there. I bet a few grooves, a few tunes, right? That, exactly. That, There's some tunes that I've recorded on the on the my my book plus page that's on the website where right, you can sweet. see you know, my books and courses and other things, but you'll also see three uh, singles that I've uh, recorded and and have on iTunes and other streaming platforms out there. Oh, nice! I love it. Even if you're on the Peloton or walking the dog or something, go ahead and open up GeraldJLeonard.com and, and you, you can listen to us and. Can you listen to us and listen to a tune at the same time? Anyway, you find the <laughs> tunes there, right? So let's talk about these seven principles of how culture is the base. And let's filter our musical movement here through these seven principles around how do we attract top talent? How do we reduce team turnover? And then what are some of the challenges that we face as well? So what's the first principle? Sure. So the first principle is vision. It's great companies with great visions or great cultures 
always have a great vision and the vision is bigger than the owner, mm-hmm. right? It's bigger than the person who's, who started the company. They are trying to do something that is has a great purpose and that really is making a difference in the world. And so their vision attracts people who are that way. Mm-hmm. You think of Disney's vision of creating the happiest place on earth, the people that are going to apply for to, to work at Disney are going to be very happy people. And in fact, that's one of their cultural values is yeah. that person has to bring that already. We don't mm-hmm. need to hire people to make them happy. We need to hire happy people and teach them how to do our business. And <laughs> so that's how that works. And you think of Amazon, you think of just any great company, Geico, or even the military, you think about it, it's even the army, the commercials, yeah. it's targeting a specific person. And it's basically giving them a vision of not just the grunt work of what you have to go through in basic training, because that's really hard. Yep. It's really difficult. It so is. why would someone give up what they're doing, go into basic training, go through all of that, because they see the bigger vision mm. of what that group is promising. So vision is really critical. And that's yeah. really how you attract the right people. By having a compelling vision. Yeah, that compelling vision, right? It's like the earworm. After you hear a song, right? Then you just can't get that song out of your mind. So that vision is what inspires you, keeps you getting up, coming to work, and uh, connecting your purpose with the company purpose is is really important. So principle number one is vision, communicating that to persons as you're talking about them, coming to work with you, and as they're working with you, just keeping that vision in front of them. Exactly. And And the vision needs to be something that is compelling, and that they feel like it's bigger than a paycheck. It's bigger. Hmm. It actually gives them satisfaction, something they would volunteer to be a part of. Sweet. You think about them, Habitat for Humanities or Feeding America. Hmm. Those are organizations that have a grand vision of making a difference. And people write checks and they volunteer time. Hmm. Why? Because they believe in the vision. Yeah. And so imagine if you have a company that has a vision of making a difference as well as having an impact on your bottom line or the bottom line of the organization. But mm-hmm. if it has a social impact yeah. where it's making a difference, then you're going to attract people who want to make a difference in that part of the world. And more likely they're going to have all the skills and tools and attitudes that they need just to stay around. Something so that really becomes me, really critical. So I could be a part of it. All right. Exactly. So principle one is vision. What's principle two, Gerald? Values. Values. And values are behaviors that our, our attributes are behaviors that govern how we live, right? And so, again, when you think about great companies, Jim Collins in Good to Great, hmm. uh, his books Built to Last, one of the things he found was that all of these great companies had those two things. They had a great vision, but then they had a set of values, which became the principles in which they filtered everything. In other words, again, I'll go back to Disney if one of the values of Disney's is creating the happiest place on earth and we want happy people, automatically that becomes one of the top criteria right. for every decision. You think about all the different parks and all the movies and everything that they do. And you think about that value of the happiest place on earth. And then you filter that through everything. It's every movie, every theme ride, every song they come up with is focused on making you happy. Yeah. And everyone who comes to work there has to be someone who's naturally happy. So now I got all these Disney soundtracks running through my head as you're talking. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear the baseline too, Gerald. Exactly. But but if you think about it, again, I go back to Jim Collins, Uh all of his, all of those companies that he analyzed and researched that went from good to great, 
had a, a set of values hmm. that they literally ran everything through. It became the the business drivers are the criteria in which all decisions were made. Who do we hire? Where do we plan our organizations? How do we dress? How do we decorate? How do we do what we do? Mm-hmm. Went through that those filters, and then the skills and everything else that's needed are are built around that. Wonderful. So the first principles, vision, second principles, values. What's the third one? Buy-in. And I know as we were talking, you talked about how do you keep people? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And think about it. I go back to the military. I go back to the army. Obviously, the military has a certain vision that it portrays mm-hmm. and says, this is, where we're, this is what we're all about. It has values. It has criteria that they have to live up to. But when you are now on a mission, you may be given the intent of what the goal is for that mission. Mm-hmm. But many times, maybe not the privates, but the middle guys, the generals or the, the admirals or the captains, they're told, okay, we need to take that hill. That's the intent. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. to come up with, figure out how are we going, how are we going to do that in this con- the context of our environment? Mm-hmm. And all great leaders create a a vision and a set of values that they then get people to buy into and then allow them to participate in the creation of the process. It's almost like the idea of co-creating or experimenting. So how, so if we want to be the best at someone's, okay, that's the goal and the values and the vision, but how do we do that? If I, again, I'll use Toyota. Hmm. Um, we want to make quality cars, Toyotas and Lexus. We want to make t- uh, quality cars. But down at the line level, if there's something that they see that's wrong, the regular employee can pull a, the cord mm. and stop the line to address an issue that they see so mm. that they're they're making them a part of the process and people buy into what they create. If they're a part of the creation process, then they buy into it. When I first started, one of my clients was, I think we were talking earlier about Virginia Department of Transportation. And we had a massive project because they had over, at the time I came in, they had 14,000 projects, $16 billion budget, and a system that wasn't doing what they wanted it to do. And we needed to connect it to a system that automated the scheduling process. Mm. I came in with a brand new team of myself as a subject matter expert and three developers. When we built out what I would call a breakdown of the work to build a system and, and think this through, I pulled everybody in the room and we you know, whiteboarded uh, post-it note, all of our ideas. So by the time we were finished with this process, I could look at the team and go, we have a great schedule. Mm. We have a great plan. Mm. And anytime I talked to the CIO or any other executive that I was reporting to, I said, here's our team's plan. Right. So I gave them credit. Mm. Or I gave them admiration. I gave them, I, I let them know that they were going, they, that this is our plan. And guess what? None of them ever said that, hey, Gerald, this is a great plan you came up with. They knew this is our plan. Right. And right. because they helped create the plan, they helped make sure we execute the plan. And when we first got there, we had 15 days to prove the concept. Ooh. We pro- we were able to prove the concept on day 14 <laughs> because we were all bought in. Yeah. And that's what happens when you get people on the edge of their seats. And it's like going to a great concert. You sit forward, you lean and you're listening, right? You're engaged. Yep. When you get your team bought in by ha- having them help co-create the process of your vision and the values that you set, hmm. that's when you start seeing the magic happens. Yeah. And that's what happens in music. You think about jazz. Uh-huh. That's what happens in jazz. 
Yeah, and improv because everybody's bought in. Everybody's bought in. Every yeah. everybody's playing. The bass player's laying back, playing his part, yeah. and everybody yeah. has this. Okay, now it's time for the guitar player. Tell us how would you interpret that song mm. on the piano player? How would you interpret? So now everybody's bringing their creativity and they're bought in. So when it's someone else's time to solo, I've had a chance to breathe and speak my truth. So now I'm going to support you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And great work. And what I realized too, by doing these things simultaneously, great work teams are the same way. Yeah, they really are because there's buy-in automatic there's, as I help create it because there's a piece of me that goes in there. Exactly. So like you have skin in the game, even though it's, music, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's intellectual project. skin or, 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 or sweat equity, you have skin in the game. This is a part of who you are. You're going to think about it when you go home or you get in the shower or you take your jog or you do whatever. You're thinking about what you've invested yourself into hmm. and how can you make it better? Because this uh, is a replica, representation of who you are as a person. Absolutely. So the first principle is vision. Second is values. Third is buy-in. So yes. What else is? What's the fourth principle of cultures? Like Stories. Stories, Stories. storytelling. So if you think about it, you take vision, values, the buy-in and the things that happen, and you create an origin story of why are we doing this? Okay. Why is this vision so important? Why are these values so important? Why is your input important? And you create stories around that. And especially in the beginning when you're pulling a team together, if you have a, a brand new team and you're pulling it together and you have a great vision, values, and you're getting them to buy in... You can create a story around that so that anytime later on there's challenges or there's turbulence in mm. on a project or in the workplace or in or your or in your area of, of concern that you may not have anything that you can personally do with the, the economy, the global levels of peace around the world or wars. Those are concerns, but we don't we can't control those. But if we can create a story that kind of glues all that together for our team. Mm. One, we tell it to ourselves, we tell it to our teams, we tell it to our other employees, we tell it to our customers, mm. and now everybody's bought in. Again, every great organization has an amazing story of why they are who they are and how did they get there. Yeah, so the story captures that vision and gives expression right. to that, and there's a hero journey, and then there's the values that guide it, the buy-in. Okay. Gerald J. Leonard is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Are you hearing the music, Work Positive Nation? It's a beautiful melody we're, we're laying out here. <laughs> Seven principles from his book, Culture, is the base. So it's vision, values, buy-in, stories. What's the fifth one? The fifth one is best practices. Okay. So now that I have these visions and values, people bought in, we have stories. Okay, how can we make sure that we're doing things in the most optimal manner? So we want to look at what are the best practices within your industry? Um, and again, this is something that you and your team can tweak. And once you get folks to study it, it's like you're bringing in and everyone's studying and thinking this through. And they may say best practices for my role is to do this. Okay, let's, how can we fit that in? Best practice as a leader is for me to do this, is to model and coach and care about my team. Well, as a, as a project manager, or as a developer, if we're all bringing those in, we're bringing in these best practices. It helps us to start streamlining what we're doing. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and go to the next one, okay. which is the environment. And so the next one is the environment. And here's why the environment is so important. Have you ever walked into a uh, hospital, uh -huh. ever walked into a law office, 
ever walked into a, a let's say a, a specialty market. Okay. All of those have a unique environment. If we walked into a hospital and it smelled like a car garage, <laughs> we would have Yeah, I'm not out. having my baby here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and But then if you walked into a specialty store, a fresh market, yeah. and it smelled like a hospital, <laughs> and it looked like a very sterile, something's not right here. Yeah, yeah. So the environment is really important. So mm. you think of, okay, what am I trying to create? Mm. So whatever you're trying to create is the environment that you're creating, even if it's a virtual environment, even if it's, mm -hmm. again, if it, it, a lot of our environments now are Zoom meetings, yep. right? But even if the way that you're creating and managing that virtual environment, if it's positive and focused on the, and, and, and complements your core vision and values and the buy-in and the stories, and it's not incongruent, but congruent with those, mm. you're going to get more people buying in. It's going to feel right. Again, it creates that vibe. So you walk in and you, you go into the hospital and it's clean. It smells right. The, 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 the staff is polite. All the things that you're expecting to see there are there. You're going to feel comfortable. You, you're like, hey, I made the right, this is the right place for me to go. Yeah, at this exactly. time for what my need is. Mm, yeah, And so more. that's why environment and those best practices, I link them together and they're really <laughs> important because they create that framework and that structure of, right. for, for what right. we're doing. Yeah. And there's certain things, as you indicated, we can do in the environment to create a positive work culture, all kinds of things, whether it's virtual or in the metaverse or whether it's in person, yep. right? Because if I'm exactly. walking into a specialty market, I'm after pineapple, I want to be smelling some fresh pineapple. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now I'm back not, in not Maui <laughs> and you got a ukulele on the wall back there. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I got all that going in. All right. Gerald J. Leonard is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Go over to GeraldJLeonard.com, check out some great tunes and some really, I'm old enough to say groovy music, right? No, I guess we don't really say that much anymore, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows what kind of old school stuff I might come out with, right? Might start shaking my groove thing here in a minute. <laughs> anyway, so we've got Culture is the Base is the book. We've got a link to Amazon there. When you're there, in Amazon, be sure to catch your copy of Culture is the Base, but you'll also find Workplace Jazz, which, you know, I love some jazz. Also, a symphony of choices. So you're picking up on the musical theme there. So you don't have to play music. I can't play music. I just keep the guitar in the closet, which is better that way. But you can appreciate music as a metaphor here that Joe yes. uses. Yeah, so vision, values, buy-in, stories, best practices, environment. I think and and execution. Execution is my seventh principle. Okay. Tell us right. about and execution. Exec we got to play execution, music. Exactly. Execution is all about a cadence of doing the right things, doing things right, but doing the right things. Cause sometimes we can do something right, but if we're not doing, if we're not doing a group of the right things, mm. we can still be off. And, and it's also about creating, I think of the execution as like the, the drum pattern out of the baseline where there's this rhythm 
of things that happen in the agile world. It's you're doing a sprint or some type of activity on a two week basis. And then there's ceremonies and certain meetings and things like that. So it creates a rhythm within the organization. People know what to expect. And if you go to a concert and you know that there's a great rhythm, the artists and you're expecting certain music and they play that music, you're like, oh, they're playing my song. Even mm-hmm. though you, you've heard the song before, you know it. You're getting what you're expecting and it and has that creates that boundaries and creates that roadmap for you mm. when the execution is off and there's no consistency in execution and yeah. the uh, activities that are being done aren't actually prioritized and aligned, mm. it throws everything off. Mm. It throws off the it throws off what you're trying to do in the environment. It's not a best practice. Mm-hmm. Folks stop buying in. And so mm-hmm. that's really critical to be excellent in execution because it puts a wrapper around all the things that we've worked so hard gotcha. to create with that vision, the values, the buy-in, the stories, best right. practice environments, and now that execution that wraps around it. So how does the execution filter through the vision, the values, the buy-in and things like that. And the exactly. It depends on what, and, and depending on what your vision and values are, it depends on your pace and, mm. and process for the execution. If you are doing neurosurgery, that's going to be a very different vibe than if you're planting a garden and mm. you have a, 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 a farm or, or something mm-hmm. along that line. All both can be ex- extremely excellent, but yeah. you can see, just visually that they're going to be different and how they're, things are going to be executed and the timing of things and so on and the skills needed. And so it's really important as you look at these principles and you think about the questions you're asking about retaining talent, hmm. onboarding talent, engaging people, that's all based on what is it that we're trying to accomplish and who are we hmm. and how are we living and what's our story. Hmm. And, but so you can take any of those things and start anywhere in the process and begin to work on your personal organization, family, church, any organ, any culture right. are going to have those seven things in them. Right. And the execution is the reflection of all of the above. However, we have to pay attention to the execution because if you're the bass player and you're playing from one sheet of music and I'm the drummer and I'm playing from a different sheet of music, then it it's like a hot work. mess. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so so we, that execution is so important. Reflective of all the previous six principles, but in and of itself, we got to make sure we're doing the right things and that we're doing things right. I absolutely love it. Gerald J. Leonard, what are people going to find when they go to your website at GeraldJLeonard.com? They'll find information about my books. They'll find information on my about page about my other companies, Turnberry Premier and Leonard Productivity Intelligence. They'll see my media page where I've done television interviews, interviewed by Danette Kabanda, a two-time Emmy-winning producer. She used to work for Oprah. Some other podcasts, articles, and things along that line. I also find out about my podcast, Productivity Smarts, and and how that's going, and really just a a way to connect with me and, and get in touch. Nice. I'm loving it. So Work Positive Nation always wants to know from my guest, Gerald, about one thing. Gerald Leonard, what's your one thing Work Positive Nation can start doing today to create a positive work culture? I would say teach your team to take breaks. Hmm. And that might sound contradictory, but especially when we're in the world of Zoom, 
There was, I, I watched something and looked it up on neurological news. I think it was neuroscience news. And they talked about the state of the brain. They did a brain scan of someone who had been on Zoom calls back to back. And their brain just began to, it's like running your engine in the red. Oh, wow. And so our brains get hyped up and they run. But if we don't give them a little bit of break in between, it's like keeping the car running in the red. But mm-hmm. when we have a Zoom call or have a Zoom meeting and set a principle of we're going to have a 10-minute break or 15-minute break, let's just say 10-minute break between Zoom meetings if they're back-to-back, and people can have a bio break. They can go get a cup of coffee. They can do mm-hmm. something else. They can stretch. They can put on some laundry or whatever if they're working from home and doing that. Put on some music. It gives, it gives the brain <laughs> it gives the brain time to process what just happened, download all that information, mm-hmm. and free up the memory. It's almost like when your computer is just processing, processing, mm-hmm. and the RAM memory gets filled up and things start acting uh, kind of quirky. That's because we need to reboot the system and flush the memory. And so physically and neurologically, we have to also reboot. So if you want to have folks who love coming to work and love engaging in Zoom, just add a little bit of a break between the meetings and give them 10 to 15 minutes to go do something else and then come back on. They will come back on more engaged, more excited, more ready to give because they've had a chance to reboot. This is like an interlude in a song, right? There you go. There you go. You think about it. You go to a concert and if, and I know at some concerts, it's like you go from one song to the next song, to the next song, to the next song. But even in that, they have times where there's space. Yep. We're going going to take a break or I'm going to, the band's going to play real soft and I'm going to talk to the audience. It's okay. We're going to give you a cognitive break from all of the Mm. rush of music that we're throwing at you. And a good band is going to do that in certain at certain times where people can, okay, let me take a step back and now let me get back engaged. Yeah. And, it, and and our brains work in cycles. If we also work in cycles naturally, we begin to actually work the way our, our physiology mm. uh, is, is designed. And we actually become more productive doing less. So Work Positive Nation, this podcast is almost over. When it stops in just a second, go to GeraldJLeonard.com, find a tune and listen to it and give your mind a moment to reboot exactly. and to, to listen to some great music and just to chill out for a minute and think about these seven principles. Culture is the base is the name of the book. Gerald J. Leonard, thank you so much for being my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Dr. Joy, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about, and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.